Welcome to the Deep Work Podcast with Anthony Lucarini. This is episode number nine, and I am pumped for today. We have my good friend, John McCallan, a.k.a. Johnny Mac. What's up, Johnny? Anthony, good to talk to you. Uh, it's, it's sunny where you're at. It's nasty where I'm at. Our blinds are closed. We, you know, have this illusion of happiness behind me, but it's not, not it's all dreary and nasty outside, so... <laughs> Now, I'd love to even share with the listeners. One, let's let them know, man, because I know everybody in our church, you know, our, our middle school students, our high school students, they know you, but um, would love to just share with our listeners, one, where you're recording from, um, what you do, maybe one or two things that describe who you are. Yeah, so I'm at home today. Uh, like a lot of people have been for the last five months, different pop on. Uh, actually, we haven't, we've been working in the offices and this week they they went to red which they were like hey yeah i work from home so okay but that means more coffee and uh and my, my girls are running around having a good time so i'm in my living room and uh everybody's doing school work at home we are all hoping for the day when we get to return back to school but my sweet wife has become an amazing homeschool mom and she's about to lose her mind so uh yeah, this we're we're doing that. So I am a middle school pastor at Southeast Christian Church here in Louisville, Kentucky. Uh, I've been a pastor for about twenty years. Uh, last year, I took a break from student ministry and did something pretty wild called Echo Ministry Echo Initiatives. And then I decided uh, when Corona hit, right? So we all have this magic bingo board that we can all create. Like I think in the middle of the bingo board, I got some words like when when COVID hit. When Corona came, that's going to be a little bit. That's going to be also pivot. Pivot's going to be the free space in the middle of the board. Can you all agree on that? Like pivot's going to be right there. So uh, I have some crazy stories in the pivot, but we, when all that hit in March, a lot changed quickly for me. And I just decided I'm um, just being associated with the congregational aspect of my job. And so I, the middle school opened back up. Uh, nobody lost their job. They moved over to high school. The guy that tried to replace me, um, my good friend Brock. So I decided to take a leap and just jump back in, um, you know, and, and continue being a middle school pastor. So I've been doing that for uh, a while now. Heck yeah. Gotta love the middle school ministry. You know, as fellow middle school pastors, we have a lot of stories. Um, we'll save yeah, that yeah. for another day, but middle schoolers are awesome. <laughs> yes. The, the middle school uncensored podcast, there needs to be a round table of middle school pastors and the middle yes. school uncensored podcast needs to happen uh, with no names <laughs> attached. We're yes. scorching. Nobody knows where you're from. And we just tell stories that, you know, we could never tell anywhere else. I think that's a genius idea. All right, you guys can be looking for that podcast coming out early 2021. <laughs> what's up? What's up? Heck yeah. Well, dude, we met a uh, little over, actually right around this time last year, because um, you got to come out and speak for our middle schoolers at our middle, or, yeah, middle school fall retreat. And man, let me just say, the way that you taught, and I'm going to describe that here in a minute, has changed the way that I have interacted with middle schoolers and changed the way that I've done really ministry with middle schoolers. So let me set this up. We did, um, it was in our main group session and man, it was probably what, 90, 90 of our middle schoolers all surrounded with Johnny Mac in the middle going through scripture. And you did the coolest thing where it was such an open dialogue message where you were interacting with the students uh, the whole time and you were having them ask questions about the text. And I thought that was the coolest method um, for really understanding the Bible. And I was actually thinking about this late last night. You know, I knew we were recording today and man, I think, 
the way that we ask questions about the text speaks so heavily to the, um, I don't know about maybe the deepness of our spiritual life. Cause I think so many people, as they approach scripture, um, there's a lot of people who say, man, I just don't understand. And that causes them to go one of two ways. They're either going to dig deeper or they're going to say, or they're going to put the Bible down. So I think what you did in that week really just spurred students on to dig deeper into the word. And that's inspired me, you know, for the last year, man, I love asking, like writing down questions in my journal as I'm going through the word. So you've impacted me. Um, even though the goal was, of course, you know, let's, let's minister to some middle school students. So I just want to say thank you, um, you know, for, for that. What, when did you start using that kind of method? When I was uh, an intern in 1998, um, when were you born? 92. <laughs> okay, good. Okay, good. You were alive. <laughs> yeah. You were alive. I typically find out that most, when I start saying like the word 90 something, uh, people <laughs> say, hey, I wasn't born yet. Um, I was an intern at a church in Evansville, Indiana, and it was basically, it was the year, that was the year that changed everything for me. That was the year I met my wife. That was the year I decided, I had not yet decided to do full-time youth ministry. Um, and so that year changed everything for me. I was interning. I was a kid's intern, a middle school intern, a high school intern. And uh, during that time, I was asked to write curriculum and I had never written any curriculum before at all. I'm like 21 years old. I'd never written any curriculum, and my boss, Phil Heller, who's actually the senior pastor now at the church that uh, I interned at, he gave me a pad of paper, uh, like a notebook paper, and because I, I gave him the curriculum I wrote, but he just kind of went back to me and said, John, this is terrible. This is not good. <laughs> and so I, I basically was like, well, what do I do? So he gave me the, he gave me the notepad, and he said, uh, fill the entire thing up with questions. I'm like, okay, so I did that. I went back to him. He goes, still not filled up. I went back and still not filled up. Went back and still not filled up. And so through that, I had to literally, um, if you've ever tried to take a, a towel that's soaking wet and wring the water out, that's what I had to learn how to do with the Bible. I had to learn how to wring the text out for all it was worth with questions. And, and it caused me to learn a few things. One, I learned how to ask questions on the fly. Like my brain thinks in terms of questions so often now. Yeah. Two, I had to learn that you can you can get as much out of a great question as you can a good answer. Mm -hmm. uh, if Jesus is filled with questions, then there's a lot to learn by the questions that he asks, you know? Yeah. And it's such a true thing that I found, uh, you know, by the questions that people ask, you can see the content of their spirit, the heart, the mind. Mm -hmm. um, and then thirdly, I learned to have fun asking questions because... If you are given a particular story or text, especially, and you're asking questions, you can't fill an entire page of questions without having some fun, without getting a little abstract, <laughs> a, little, yeah. a little strange, a little weird. And so that's exactly what um, I did. And, and one of my favorite examples of that is in Mark chapter two, uh, the great story of the paralyzed man that's, that's being brought in the room. And our church has talked about this at length this year because it's actually one of our values, Wreck the Roof, is actually a value of our church. Cool. And so um, we are doing this, and I had, I had some middle schoolers, and I asked them, I said, all right, I'm going to set a timer. The only thing you're allowed to do after we read this story is ask questions. And you can ask questions to other people's questions, but you cannot give any, any answers at all. Mm -hmm. And so um, what we did, man, we found some questions we had never heard about. Like, uh, when... The guys are going to the roof. Like one of my kids asked, 
So I want to know, did anybody hit with debris as the roof was falling? Great question. You know, uh, did it smell in the room? If it was so packed they couldn't get in, did it smell? Uh, was Jesus, what was Jesus teaching about when, when they came in? You know, uh, what, you know, was it hard to dig through the roof? I got all these different perspectives and suddenly this whole concept is, you know, is exploding. So for me with adults and students today, it's still one of my favorite things to do. That's so cool. That's and I I got to benefit from that. And that's something that's changed. Like I said, you know, the way that I teach, the way that I write small group questions, the way that I, you know, even dig through the Bible myself. So um, I just want to say thank you for that, man. Um, so, dude, one thing that as we're talking about the deep work, the, the big uh, premise of our podcast is what are you doing privately that sets you up for success publicly? Now, publicly, as I've um, been able to spend time with you both um, on a retreat and some other ministry that we've done together. Man, you're incredible. Let me just say that. You know, it's it's evident that you are brilliant, that you are super sharp, that you're super wise. But the word that really comes to mind as I think about you um, as a pastor is contemplative. Um, mm. Man, you are so sharp and so wise, but also that comes with um, an easy presence. Uh, whenever you're around, it's not this quick, urgent, uh, let me figure this out really fast. It is a, an ease. It is a slow pace. It is a, well, hold on. Let's, let's really chew on this for a minute and really um, give an awesome answer. So I just admire that so much about you. Um, and man, I love to just, this is open-ended, man, where is the deep work in that? How has that come about in your life, in your style of ministry, in um, just the way that you interact with others? That's a really interesting. It's interesting to hear your perspective on on me uh, in that because I don't I don't know that I would call myself contemplative. Uh, yeah, I've been so I think it's interesting. I think in different contexts, depending on where I'm at, I I can kind of kick into different gears. So I used to be a total extrovert all the time. Could never spend time alone, and. Then it just shifted. I started having kids, and my wife explained to me that, well, now, yeah, your kids are making extra at home all day. I've got three awesome girls, and they're a party. So I think what what's changed in me over the years is uh, I have some different contexts in my life where maybe I'm more, more like this than this. So, uh, you know, I think sometimes I'm described that way. I'm also described, one of my buddies at work called me a kamikaze pastor, because uh, I kind of just, um, I'm actually all over the place in on uh, some days because I, I kind of feel led by the spirit when it comes to people in places and, and interruptions is my life. Like, so I'm interrupted all the time. And then I also interrupt other people with just things and things. So, but when I get away, when I get away from the, my current day-to-day context, um, yeah, it's just interesting. Like for me, uh, I always see more. I always see more in the moment, like what's possible in the moment with somebody. And I think that that leads to it. Probably one of the things that's changed the most over the last five years, seven years is honestly, and I, I pull it out, but I mean, it's, it's honestly, um, it's this bad boy right here and, and this and uh, a cup of coffee. And, and, and what I have changed in my life is Wednesdays from seven to 10 in my life um, is the most guarded uh, time that I don't allow anyone to push on. Mm-hmm. Um, and the reason is for me, I, everybody's different. Everybody's wired different. When I learned how to journal and journal is not something I thought I'd ever learned to do. 
And even today, when I bring it up to certain people, they're like, oh, I just don't know how. What radically changed for me was when I realized I can, this is going to sound so dumb. This is nothing like smart in what I was saying. When I realized I could journal however I wanted to. Now, I realized that the dumbness in that statement, that's not even a word, but when I got freedom to journal however I wanted to, it changed everything for me because I literally could use this thing however I wanted to. I could journal prayers. I could journal thoughts and ideas and scriptures. And I started exploring things to a whole other level. And it changed me. It changed me the way, even the way I went, I went first. I went to, I went on a retreat one time and um, for our whole campus, like our different campus youth ministries all went for a retreat. There's about 30 of us there. And I'll never forget, I went to the bathroom during the quiet time. We had like a devotion time, like a 30 minute thing. You do your own thing. So I'm in the kitchen, cup of coffee standing, journaling and doing things. I had to go to the bathroom. I left. And later on that day, I'll never forget, um, this is such a cool thing for me. It was uh, one of our dudes from Indiana who was a youth pastor. His name's Chandler. Chandler said, hey, I have a confession to make. I was like, what? And he goes, I looked at your journal. <laughs> you know, and like, in some cases, it's like, whoa, you know. But he goes, I found so much freedom because I saw how you were writing your prayers down that yeah. I realized, oh, I don't have to do it this way. So I can do it this way. And I was like, Yes, it's not just me. And so, but man, I'll tell you, through all that, I had just become closer with the Holy Spirit. Um, I mean, passionate. I'm probably more passionate about the Holy Spirit now than even mm-hmm. I've ever been about His leading, about His promptness, about His transformation, about how He bears fruit. And that time on Wednesday, and now I've had to have even more time, I think, yeah. in my life. It's just it changed everything. And so for me, um, it just gives me a different look. I am so host. Like my time with the Lord is not like my quiet time. It is yeah. like my deep well, like shut it all down. And if I don't have that, I, I empty out myself so much that I can't fill back up. And um, I know he's made perfect in our weaknesses, but he sure would like to work in our fullness. Like mm. uh, he would love to work when you're, oversaturated with the spirit, oversaturated with his word. He would love to do that as much as he would love to work in weakness. And so, man, I think that's where it all comes from. It's just that sense of that. And it just leads me with people, you know, yeah. it leads me in a conversation with strangers. It leads me with questions. And, it, um, and uh, so sometimes it makes me all over the place, but, you know, a lot of times it's, it's maybe it's more of what you got uh, when, when runs around. Absolutely. Dude, love that. And I'd love to even just dig a little bit deeper for a second. What do you think? And two things I want to talk about here. One is the journal. Two is that that refueling time. Um, so as you're journaling, what do you think the expectation is um, that kind of holds so many people back versus um, this maybe lack of structure or doing it however you like to? What what do you think the expectation is versus the uh, the freedom that you're finding is? I think this is so hard because the word spiritual discipline comes to mind. Um, there's a spiritual discipline issue um, with with everything that's happening. And, and I think that all of the spiritual disciplines are so important, fasting, prayer, and meditation, and all these things. And so there's this tension that exists, and we can't resolve it. The tension is you have to practice them. 
you have to do them on a regular basis for them to really pay off, I think, in, in the long run. Um, and, you know, at the end of the day, as I'm trying to look at this word here, I pulled the spirit of this one thing out. Um, I think that as I look at this list right now, I, I wonder if people feel trapped because there's so many things, uh, you know, I wonder how they, they break free. So there's this, that term legalism comes into play. Yeah. And I, I think what's going on at the end of the day is uh, people feel like failures. And so then they stop. Yeah. And that's not what he wants either. And so it's this tension. It's like, well, I, I want to do the spiritual disciplines because I know they're really important and they can keep me really connected to the spirit and Jesus and the word and saturate my life. But when they miss a day or when they don't do this, then they just beat themselves up. Yep. Which yep. is a whole nother like there's a whole nother issue involved in that, right? The way that we yep. beat ourselves up all the time. Like, you know, as pastors, we we are so this is so like true, right? How many times have you got them doing something with your students and you you feel like you just blew it, you know? Yep. Yep. We just beat ourselves up. And that's just not how we're supposed to be with ourselves. You know, we're made in his image. So that's the tension. And I think that at the end of the day, everybody's got to discover for themselves. How do you connect with him the best? And how do you get lots of that in your life? Hmm. You know? And then along the way, you try new things, right? Yeah. Like, I'll be honest. I scored a zero on the fasting test. Like, I'm <laughs> not a faster. And I'm like, all right, I probably need to introduce some fasting into my life. and But I, it won't be perfect. And I won't do it correctly, you know. But I introduce it. And I think the word grace has to come into play. You've got to give yourself grace. You got to realize he's not looking at you going, well, your fight time is stuck today. You know, boy, you really, you know, messed that up. And he, man, he just, the idea that he wants to hang out with me, Anthony, is so amazing. And I just want to be in his presence more and more and more. Because when I taste and see the Lord's presence, dude, give it to me more. That's one of the most satisfying things on the planet. And uh, tomorrow morning at 7 a.m., I cannot wait for our special opportunity. Here's the second thing I want to tell you that I really believe in. And, and uh, there's probably some scholars that will prove me to be wrong on this, but this is my own personal belief, no theology, maybe a little theology. But I believe in places and spaces as part of your time with the Lord. Um, there's actually scripture in Acts you can read. Um, there's different times when Paul... Uh, says some pretty intense things. So let, let's talk about the Bible prayer. God has always been about places and spaces, right? Tabernacle, temple, the Shekinah glory, place and space, right? Even in Acts, you can read about Paul saying, like, we're going to go to the place of prayer. Well, hello, they had the Holy Spirit. They could pray wherever they wanted. What's the place of prayer? And, man, I've had some supernatural encounters with that statement alone. Like, there's a story on that statement alone that I saw, like, that happened to me in New Mexico that still to this day blows my mind that, like, there are places of prayer. And I believe there are. Like, it's not that you can't pray all day wherever you're at, but I believe that. So I think spaces and places are important. Wherever your space and places, I, I believe that. Um, and I, I take, kind of tune into that. Um, you know, Acts 19, you can read about uh, Paul and the, there's 12 disciples in Ephesus and they end up in this... Uh, lecture hall for, for in it in that place and space because the whole region heard about jesus because they set up shop in a place in a space so yeah i can go on for far too long on that stuff man. 
<laughs> Dude, I could listen for far too long. That's. Can that's... I tell you the Mexico story? No, can, can you please tell that? You had me okay. like the whole time I was like, I don't know if I'm going to have to ask him off air or, yeah. man, I want to hear yeah. it. So, so uh, I was uh, in New Mexico and I've read a lot of church planners' stories in New Mexico that it's just a tough place to do ministry. So, spiritually, I've heard multiple stories of just of being a, a place that, you know, just a tough place. It's dark at times. And uh, even talking to locals from New Mexico, they said, you know, you either want to get out of there or you feel stuck there. That's what the locals told me. Um, I don't know that I don't want to like box all of New Mexico in that way, but it's just a, a place that was interesting. So I drove to Santa Fe from the camp I was at to have some time with the Lord place. And it, I wanted to get some introvert time in and I had to share a table with somebody. And, um, you know, anybody that's an introvert, you know, it's like, oh, you know, but I, <laughs> yep. I'm wired weirdly. I don't mind going up to someone and saying, hey, can I sit at your table? So I, I, I did, and I sat at the table, and this lady is sitting across from me. And um, I love asking people, can I pray for you? And how can I pray for you? And then praying on the spot. Like, I love doing that. It's, one of the, it's probably the most underused evangelistic tool at our reach right now, people. Mm-hmm. Like, we need that more. So I ask her, she's getting ready to leave. I got my headphones in. I take them out. And this is lady, Dr. Leah's. Hey, I, I, I asked people, can I pray for them before? Can I pray for you? And she kind of looked at me and she's like, hey, it was a weird prayer moment. It didn't go well at all. She leaves, okay? About 15, 20 minutes later, I'm like, so I had the full table to myself. This is glorious yeah. for me. Like, I can spread out and all. And I've got my head down and I look, and all of a sudden I look up, and there's another lady sitting right in front of me. And she's staring at me and in the most gruff, grumpy voice. She, she says, did you just pray for that lady back there a few minutes ago? And I was like, so weird. And I said, yeah. She goes, good. This must be the place where you can get prayer. Will you pray for me too? And for the next 20 minutes, she laid out her soul. And we no connected way. and prayed. And it was like this. Like that moment before was to set up this moment and like, yeah. Holy Spirit, come on, man. Like I'm chasing that mystery all day, every day. Like, let's yeah. go. So yeah, places and spaces, man. I think it's a, it's a holy thing. Heck yeah. Dude, I think one of my uh, holy places and spaces are um, this coffee shop that we've got, especially when I was single. I realized I need to get back into this a little more. I can't remember. I don't think I took you, wasn't able to take you here um, when you were in town. You got to go to Pert Coffee in Savannah, which that place awesome but um the corner perk here in uh, bluffton so good um but really i love just the opportunities like that i remember back when i was single i had nothing to do um you know my life was uh, i'd go to crossfit i'd read books and i'd go to the coffee shop that was pretty much it and um i would always pray beforehand i was like all right god like i would love you can just bring people you know bring opportunities along i I just want to share your name and i'd always you know get my quiet time done in the morning before people got there. And then I would just leave my Bible out. And the number of conversations that I had, the number of like times I had to pray with people, the number of like just God moments that I had, it was awesome. And I think so often we, we miss those times because we're so focused on self. We're so focused on our agenda. And I, I think I love, I love what you were saying earlier that just your life is filled with interruptions. And um, man, that's just how we see Jesus do ministry. He always seems like he's always doing miracles on the way to go do other miracles, you know? Um, and I think there is a holiness in interruption um, along with the places and spaces. So 
Yeah, and he, he was interrupted on, for Carl Allen. The dude was trying to have quiet time on the way to the five the five thousand interrupted. Yeah. He was trying to like, teach his twelve how to do that, and he had compassion on them. It for sure. It, there are times when it gets kind of like uh, I have to be self aware enough some days that like um, if I'm not careful, I won't give people my fullness, especially with, like the team I work with. Um, yeah. You know, they, they love, they're so graceful for me. They gave a lot of grace to me. And, and so, but they're also honest, you know, I had uh, even a conversation just yesterday. It was like, Hey, can we go talk over here? Because I need every, I need like all of you. And I know that if this person walks by this, you, you'll like, you'll like spin a lot of plates. And I, I, I'm a, I'm kind of addicted to spinning a lot of plates in conversation. So uh, I have to be honest at that. And I do fail at it. Um, some days because I'm just uh, I'm just kind of like ping pong, but yeah. it's weird. Like um, I think uh, being present with people for someone to walk away and feel like I was fully with them, immersed to me, mm-hmm. in spite of me being uh, kind of interrupted a lot. And so that's important to me, and it breaks my heart whenever somebody doesn't feel that way. And, and I'm yeah. so I, that's how I know the Holy Spirit's in those moments because they they believe that I'm I'm like with them and I'm there, and that's I, I need Him to do that. I think I think me and you are are wired very similarly in that where Sunday morning it's my favorite time to connect with people, but it's also those times where I'm like, okay, I kind of just have to. You know, if I see somebody walking by that wanted my attention, I'm sometimes having to interrupt this conversation. Like, hold on, I got to go talk to this person really fast. And um, yeah, because I never want anybody to to have a bad interaction with me because being seen as a pastor, sometimes people will um, liken me to not to guy. That sounds you know a little whatever, unreal. But you know what I mean? Where um, that can be off-putting to the church, or it can be uh, the sense of community and the sense of home that they're looking for, um, just in those little conversations. So, so I feel you, man. It's a tension. It's a tension. We have to, Andy Stanley said it so well. Uh, it's a tension you have to make. Uh, he talked about that in one of his talks. I, I can tell you that some of my favorite moments are at a large conference with students, and um, you can actually reverse leverage those moments. So um, one thing that I have changed is I, in, the larger the setting, the more intimate the conversation I try to find. Hmm. And so uh, while there are some environments when I'll ping pong along, I'm, I'm, I've kind of been shifting over the years too. Of just um, I will be in one place and, and value one conversation that may take up my entire free time if it's the right conversation that God's called me to. So I've been trying to go all in and invest with people in an environment where they don't expect to get your full attention. Yeah. And like surprising people is, is a fun, fun thing. And so, um, and it is, you feel it like us, I'm with you. Like when you're with them, uh, I'm trying to work harder on fighting the urge of um, not giving somebody everything and it's it takes as much holy spirit work to do that as it does to just you know and it's it's crazy so even when i go to certain places certain environments like a big student conference whatever um yeah like um, how can i who is the one you know yeah. who is the one person that i can sit by and give my everything to yeah that when i leave this room i know i made an investment today and uh, that's been a shift for me in the last five years uh, it's tough. I don't always do it right. I don't do it well. Um, but I'm learning more and more how to just give myself to the one mm-hmm. and uh, give it to it fully. And, and if 
and it's like, okay, God, you put this person in front of me. Um, I'm going to try to give them as much of me as possible through my listening and through my presence and my eyesight and my focus. And uh, even to where I sit in a room, like in a cafeteria, where it's like, how can I make sure that, that I can minimize distractions and things like that, too? So good, man. So good. Man, I love this conversation. I'd love to move this even to even more practical. I love asking the question like, all right, what are you reading? What are you listening to? So we're going to move into our put me on section. Johnny, put me on to whatever you're onto right now, whatever mm. you're listening to or reading or uh, just into. Mm. So I'm a slow reader. I'm not, uh, there's a lot of like uh, books that I'm trying to catch up on. One of the books I just finished uh, on my Kindle is uh, emotionally healthy spirituality. Um, my goodness, it, I, I was given that book when I was younger and I did not take full advantage of it when I was younger and it just absolutely wrecked me and I realized I have some emotional growing up to do and that book kind of kicked me in the rear. Um, and it, they've got a lot of different books, the emotional healthy spiritual leader, church, they've got like you'd make a killing off of emotional healthy things like and he deserves to because he he's smart and he says some powerful things and he gets it um yeah i have really been deeply challenged by that book all over again i've taken so many notes on it and i highly recommend uh making that part of a, a rotation of books that you come back to often yeah. um you personally your team whoever in your life and those things like that so that that book has been massive for me lately highly recommend it um and scripturally i am all up in the book of acts uh this year uh you know in reading through it and studying it and pulling it apart and the book of acts just has really really been i've just been entrenched in this year um for a lot of different reasons and it kind of happened upon it again through being asked to to do something with it uh, last year and then um kind of put it down just can't can't put acts down continuing to find new new things that just challenge my challenge my holy spirit perceptions of things challenge my church perceptions and just encourage my heart and challenge me so yeah. um and that's big podcast wise you know let me think about this let me look up my overcast. What, what podcast player do you use? Are you an Apple podcast person? Uh, yeah, I'm all about the Apple. I use the, I use the Overcast app. And I'll tell you why. Uh, Overcast allows you to do some really cool things like the smart speed and it allows you to keep the pitch and the tone the same and all that kind huh. of stuff. Kind yeah. of under. Uh, <laughs> so I will tell you this. I got turned on to a guy named Roman Mars who's he's not i don't know if he's a believer or not but he has this this thing called 99 percent invisible and uh it is so good it's all um design theory in life so like highway signs how do we come up with highway signs and and roman has got i'm jealous of podcasting voices like roman's got that soothing voice that you just wish would put you to bed at night <laughs> and it, you, they just explore so many concepts. Yeah. Uh, and then the one that everybody listening to this has to go and check out, that we'll put a link in the show notes. There is, there's a, um, a it's called Reply All, is the name of the podcast. And there is a, there is one, um, one episode called The Case of the Missing Hit that I can't speak highly, more highly enough. 
it's all about this guy who gets a song in his head and he goes home and tries to figure out what it is. He can't figure it out. He can't figure it out. And so uh, when he does that, um, he enlists the help of the Reply All podcast team. They end up hiring a band, like, and he tells them all the parts to play. And I don't want to reveal like the whole journey, but it's it's just entertaining. So, uh, and that was Reply All. Reply All. Okay. Because um, that's judgment. got me wanting to go listen to that right now. Snap <laughs> Judgment from uh, NPR is really awesome too. Those are just three really good storytelling ones. And I learned a lot as a pastor on how to tell great stories through those podcasts. So, yeah. Um, spiritually speaking, you know, um, oh, another one that's not just a spiritual high, I built this with Guy Ross. People will tell him how to do that. I do the Carrie Newoff thing. I can't, like, if you've ever been to a leadership conference, you know you walk away with 50,000 ways to change your life. Yep. And you're not really sure where to begin. So I, I'm careful on how I dip into Carrie Newhoff. Um, I can't do it every day. I can't, like, but I'll dip, I dip in and out of Carrie Newhoff. Yeah. Sure. Um, and then, man, I nerd out on the Bible. Uh, so there's, man, the Bible Project podcast is so good. And there's just so many things like that. So, yeah, that's that's what I'm doing. Yeah. Dude, that's some good stuff to go look up. That's been one of the hardest things and the best things about doing this podcast has been we do this put me on section with, with each person. And now I have about 45 podcasts to go listen to and about 29 books that are in my Amazon cart. Um, so just like you were saying with Carrie Newoff, like, I'm kind of like, okay, I'm going to figure out the season and then I'm going to figure out books and podcasts to, to listen to for now. Because the great thing is about that is they're not going anywhere. Um, no. So it's been fun to kind of ebb and flow with the seasons and figure out what I need when. But dude, those are great suggestions. I know a few of those I'm on, a few of those other ones I want to get on. Um, so that's awesome, man. But uh, dude, I just want to say thank you. Thank you for jumping on today. Thank you for investing um, not only in my ministry, but into my life. Um, man, you, that, that wisdom that I was talking about, that's not only used for preaching, that's, that's been used to, to speak into my life as well. So, um, man, I just want to say thank you for being who you are. Thank you for, for sharing your, your deep work with us today. Dude, thanks for uh, having me on. It's an honor. And I just want to say, like, man, watching you and your ministry and watching students and, and the leaders, like, you can tell a lot from the leaders that are around you. Your leaders like told me a lot about your leadership um, and their loyalty and their faith in the process of what you're doing, and they were just passionate about doing youth ministry because you set the stage for them so well. So it was it was an honor to be there, and uh, man, I'm glad you're doing this thing. This is awesome. I'm so glad to see you explore your voice on these things. I think you have a lot to offer the conversation. I learned so much from the places I go. I feel so honored to be in those places and. Uh, I think it's it's good, and I'm going to say this: if you are uh, man ever around somebody that needs uh, help or prayer, please connect them, you know to me. And like if you're watching this and you're a pastor or a leader and you need someone to pray for you, and man, like uh, please call me, reach out to me. Anthony's got my information. I would love to pray for you. Uh, it could be a lonely place to pastor and lead. It just is, um, you know. And and now we're more isolated than we've ever been. So. Uh, man, if there's anything I can ever do to help uh, serve you or serve anybody listening to this or watching this, I just, I just want to do whatever I can. Mm. Johnny, you are a leader to leaders and a pastor to pastors, and I just love that about you, man. So thank you for, for jumping on today. Thanks, dude. Appreciate it. Absolutely. And I just want to say 
Thank you to all our listeners for jumping on to the Deep Work podcast today. For any links, show notes, or any additional resources mentioned in today's episode, check out my Instagram page. It's at Anthony Lucarini. You can find all of this in my bio. And I'd encourage you to keep up and follow Johnny Mac. I will make sure to tag him on my page. And um, lastly, if you're enjoying the Deep Work podcast, it helps us out big time if you rate, subscribe, share, all that good stuff. We will see you next Monday for episode number 10 of the Deep Work podcast.